Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning on this rainy day, amen? Because the rain waters the earth and makes things grow. Wow, actually it feeds right into today's message, believe it or not. But I'm also laughing over here because I don't know if you remember the last time I spoke, it like was pouring rain as well. So I don't know what it is about when I get up to speak, but it brings the rain. Amen. <laughs> well, good morning and welcome to Life in the Sun. Uh, my name is Chris Brown and I'm just one of the leaders here at Life in the Sun and have been given the privilege to bring you the message today. And uh, supported by my lovely wife, who is actually in the children's ministry this morning doing her own ministering to the little ones over there, amen? So today is part two of the series Here and Now. Uh, Armin began the, the series last week introducing us to the kingdom of God. And how many remember the main point, at least for me, that I took away from that message last week was very simple. There's no dual citizenship with the kingdom of God. Amen? We got to choose which passport we're going to take. We can't just keep one in each pocket and say, well, today I'm going to use this kingdom's passport. And then when I go to life group and I go to church and I do these other things, then I'm going to whip out this other one and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm part of this one over here. So I think today's message is really going to build on that concept because it's going to help us understand what it really means to live in the kingdom of God. And we've already heard it this morning in the worship and in the prayer time and in the announcements, everything. You know, God is so good. He's so amazing. He's talking about one thing, and that's power. I've heard it all this morning that, that God is able to do things above and beyond what we're able to do from ourselves and even what we expect. Amen? So without any further ado, let's pray and then we'll get started. Father God, I just thank you this morning for this wonderful group of people that uh, you've assembled here today for us to hear your word. And Father, I just pray that you simply allow me to get out of the way, allow your Holy Spirit to minister to every need that is in this house but more importantly, that your points, your words, your heart are shared appropriately this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, we're covering actually the same set of scriptures, and it's really on going to be covering the parables themselves that Armin introduced to us last night out of our, our last week out of Matthew 13. But before I get started, as you can notice, if you haven't noticed already, there's a little bit different sound coming out of my mouth this morning. How many people notice that? It's like this, right? I'm talking like this, okay? A couple people, all right. Well, if you haven't noticed, I've gotten braces. There was, yeah, hallelujah. I wasn't thinking that, okay, at first. <laughs> In fact, when I visited the dentist, it was more like, oh, help me, Lord, <laughs> because I had to go in and get that, all the preparatory stuff done and the fillings done and, you know, all this stuff. And, and then, you know, now I've got this apparatus 
in my mouth that seems to be getting in the way of everything, including my favorite thing to do in this whole wide world. What is it, Roel? Eat. <laughs> Eating. I don't get to eat steak. I don't get to eat the things that I love. And it's like now eating is just like, uh, I've, just, I've got to do this to survive or else I'll just lose weight. But anyway, so why do I tell that story? Not just to, but it's not just to tell you about, you know, my speech impediment. There's actually a purpose. And, you know, today we're learning about a, the deeper meanings of a parable. And in, re in reality, I began to think about my situation, and it, in and of itself, is also a parable. So what is a parable? And in the words of Jared, thank you. Th thank you for asking, right? Okay. <laughs> so a parable is simply a story that has common things within it that speak or point to a spiritual truth amen so today with my braces on my on my teeth there's something happening I don't see it every day right I, all I do is feel it in the sense that I've got this stuff on my teeth and how many people have had braces raise your hand okay did you enjoy it no nope anybody anybody really enjoy the experience okay but what about now? Do you enjoy straight teeth? <laughs> Everybody, and they're all smiling. These are like teeth. So there's a process that takes place, and it takes place without us really even seeing it. It's not like I can open my mouth and see my teeth straightening, right? But every day I, I start to look at, you know, so, you know, it's been six weeks now that I've had my, my braces in my mouth but I can see changes already. There's, but every day, the braces apply just a little bit of pressure to move my teeth in a specific direction to the, the specific goal, which is to straighten them out and make them look presentable, right? So that when I'm smiling, I'm not like, you know, I can actually show my teeth. So with that in mind, we're going to go into the story today on our kingdom print, uh, parables. And this is very important to me because, you know, we each one of us in our lives, we have areas that remain unchanged. And we really want to know, God, is it going to come to pass? Am I going to grow the way that you wanted me to grow? Am I going to do the things that you want me to do? How do I begin that process? And we can't do it without God's power. And in today's parables, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven, we're going to see two things at work. And these two things we have no control over. And Jared already uh, alluded to it this morning during his prayer and, and uh, encouragement this morning that we can't do this on our own. There are some steps in these parables that we do on our own, right? But there's going to be some things, two specific things, in the, each one of these parables that we cannot do on our own. And it's simply growth. We can't apply the growth. Only God can apply the growth. So this is really about letting God grow the kingdom 
in our lives. You see, a lot of things that we have in our life that come to pass, we have a little bit of control over, but this one we don't. All we can do is plant the seed or put the leaven in, as we're going to learn today, and wait for God. But the waiting, how many of us know, is the hardest part of growth, making that change in our lives. But what God is showing me is that regardless of whether we see that growth or not, there's one other thing that's at work here, and that's faith. Because without faith, we can't allow it to grow. That is our part. And in fact, in uh, uh, Colossians chapter 2, Paul puts a, a qualifier when he's talking about us being presented before Jesus one day blameless. And he uses a, the qualifier, the word if. If you remain in the faith. If you walk with Jesus, is what he's saying. He will present you blameless on that last day. That's the if. So before we get into the scripture, I just wanted to cover that. So let's go into the actual scripture. We'll read it again just to, oh, yes, absolutely. I love this. It was on, yeah. Anyway, this was the, the, uh, the quote that Armin gave last week, and I absolutely love it. So the kingdom of God is the kingdom where God's appointed king, Jesus, is presently reigning in and through the lives of his people, accomplishing his will on earth as it is in heaven. That's by Sinclair Ferguson. Okay, next slide. We'll go over the scriptures. So he told them another parable saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which man took and sowed in his field. This indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest among herbs and is like a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. And he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and mixed in 30, or I'm sorry, 60 pounds of meal until it had leavened the whole batch. And this is out of Matthew 13, 31 through 33. So the kingdom of God is compared then to two small, in, insignificant, and common items that were in use in Israel at the time, mustard seed and yeast, or otherwise known as leaven. So we're going to talk about mustard seed and leaven. So there you have a picture up there. That is the actual size of the mustard seed that we believe that Jesus was referring to. As you see, it's technically not the smallest. We do have seeds that are smaller. Uh, but what they also believe is that, you know, it was the smallest seed in use at the time during that period in history in Israel. But regardless, there's some things we're going to cover on that when we get into the notes. And at the bottom is actually a jar of what is called sourdough. And sourdough is technically just leaven. It's yeast that has been mixed into the batter, but it has not been... Uh, uh, baked, okay? So what they would do uh, back in these times, because they didn't have refrigerators, right? They didn't have a place to store this stuff. So this yeast was passed from batch to batch to batch to batch. So if I made a batch of bread for today, I just took a starter out of this jar and I put it into the dough or the, the, the flour that I was using to, to bake the bread. And then I would add water, and I would mix that up, and I would let it 
uh, rise, and then I would go ahead and, and bake it. So that's how they did it. So every piece of bread that you ate actually had the same yeast in it that was taken from the last batch. And it just keeps, they, they just kept it on hand at all times. So those are the two things that we're going to cover this morning. So first, we're going to cover is the mustard seed, okay? So you see here that the mustard seed that they're talking about, this, this one is actually called, the, it's called the Brassica nigra. It is the black mustard, and it, and it is an annual plant cultivated for its black or dark brown seeds, which are commonly used as a spice. But as you see in the picture in the middle, it only grows to about four feet high, okay? So going back to our parable, there's an interesting thing that, that, that we see in this parable. For whatever reason, Jesus makes a jump from the mustard plant or mustard bush or shrub, which is what it's called, to a mustard tree. So if you see in the picture, it's going from a seed to the, to the plant, and all of a sudden, we have a mustard tree. It's like, how does this happen? Well, again, I just want to emphasize maybe what Jesus was trying to emphasize here was that it takes transforming power to get from one to the other. There's something very significant in here, and if you read over it too quick, you might miss it. Because I was wrestling with this as I was studying it, and I was like, okay, Jesus, you got a, a shrub, but then you talk about a tree. Because if you look at the shrub, it says that the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. That means you're going to build a nest in that middle one. I don't think it's just going to go, right? Ain't going to work. But the one on the right, yeah. That one obviously can support bird's nests, right? And the unique thing about the one on the right is this tree actually is known for uh, its medicinal uses, okay? There's several things that come off of this tree that they use the berries, they use the roots, they make toothbrushes out of them. Amazing tree. But none of those qualities are actually in the center tree, which is kind of amazing. But I want you to, to just hold on to that thought. So what I'm thinking here is that Jesus is trying to tell us uh, specifically that the kingdom of heaven, maybe it's like nothing we've ever experienced before, do you think? That God is saying, this is not common. We're using common things to explain it, but there's some deeper meanings and there's some things that he wants us to see. And maybe he's also show, showing us that in every time and in every place, the kingdom isn't going to grow exactly where we think it would or where we would expect it or in ways that we should expect, right? We each have our plan of how we think, you know, if we were gonna put in our, our request to make our request known to God, right? We would have a list of things, okay, God, if you're gonna grow me, this is how I would like to see it done. But how many of us have experienced that's not what we get, right? Jared was covering this morning in our encouragement and prayer time that Many of us have experiences in our life where we could go, you know what, if I could just take my name off of that, I would be the first in line. I, you know, I would, 
You know, I'm also reminded of, how many have seen the, uh, the cartoon where the, the guy brings his cross in, right? And he's like, Jesus, can I trade this in for a, a smaller one, right? So he takes them in there, and there's all these crosses all over the place. But the amazing part is, is that when he comes out, it's the same size as everybody else's. It's just the way that we view it. It's a way that we view our suffering and our trials and the, and the things that God allows for us to go through to get to where he wants us to be. But I also want to point out that we're talking about letting God grow the kingdom in our lives until it eventually takes over everything else because we're talking about God's dominion. Amen? So leavened bread, this is another unique one. This is, he, he talks about a woman who took yeast, put it into flour or into the dough, uh, the starter, and then this was 60 pounds. They said it was enough to make about 100 loaves of bread. That's quite a bit, right? I mean, I think we could all partake of that meal. But that's not the only interesting thing. If you think about it, what do we normally associate leaven with? Sin, right? All of a sudden now, God is saying, this is something positive. This is something good that it grows, right? But we don't want sin growing in our life, right? So what is God talking about? He said the kingdom of God is like leaven. It's not the kingdom of God is like sin. The kingdom of God is like something that grows without our own effort. God's the one supplying the energy, the effort, the power, whatever you want to call it. He is the one that supplies the growth. And in fact, the second definition in American Heritage Dictionary for leaven is simply an element, an influence, or agent that works subtly to lighten, enliven, or modify the whole. It changes us. Isn't that amazing? The kingdom of heaven is what is going to change us. I mean, I don't know about you, but that comforts me in the fact that now I can really rest in what God is wanting to do in my life. That, that shield of faith that's going to come up and keep away the arrows of the enemy that want to condemn me, that want to take me away from the kingdom of God, that want me to be distracted from the kingdom of God. He wants us to trust, rely, even when we don't see it. He wants us to trust and rely. And in fact... The first positive mention of the use of leavened bread was during the Feast of Weeks, as indicated in Leviticus 23. If we want to read that real quick, it says, You shall count 50 days after the, the seventh, uh, days after the seventh Sabbath, and then you shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring in from your dwelling places two loaves of bread for a wave offering made of two tenths of an ephah. 
and they shall be of fine flour baked with leaven as the first fruits to the Lord. So what was the Feast of Weeks? What do we know it as? Well, for them, the Feast of Weeks, it's called Shavuot. And it is a, simply a harvest celebration commemorating, get this, God's provision for sustenance of his people. What's the other one we know of it? It's what we know as Pentecost. So Pentecost occurred 50 days or seven weeks after the Last Supper Passover that Jesus celebrated. And what happened then? Well, mankind received the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.2 tells about that story, and it is also foretold in Joel 2.28, that his spirit will be poured out in the last days. We all know that the Holy Spirit represents provision, represents the growth. So there's this agent of God that is working on our behalf. Every single day, in every situation, even in the bad, even in the, the turmoil, even in the suffering, and even in the things that we would just like to scratch off of that list and say, God, I don't want to deal with it. But God gives us a faithful promise. He does the growth. He does it, church. He does it. And in many ways, those things in our lives become testimonies, not just to ourselves, but to each other. I know for us, uh, in our family, you know, one of the things that God is directing us into were this, these new concepts and the, the kingdom's growth is beginning to turn things is really with our kids. You know, they're, they're not where we would want them to be. I don't think they ever are, but, you know, that's just our opinion. <laughs> Amen. But God has plans for each one of them to go through their own trials, their own situations, their own choices. But what God is doing in the lives of Cindy and I is he is showing us a true kingdom way of being able to step back, allow God to do what he wants to do in their lives. And as we began to step back and, and then just offer that affirmation, that love, that acceptance, regardless of their situation, regardless of their, their status, regardless of their life circumstances or choices, we're actually beginning to see them change. They're becoming more receptive, not just to us, but we begin, we're beginning to hear them say things that we haven't heard in a long time. You know, it's... In fact, my daughter just said, well, you know, I, I thank God this and that and that. And I'm like, okay. You know, but inside, I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm not, I, I don't have to make it happen. Amen? <laughs> I don't need to convince them. I don't, I don't need to try to turn their thoughts, you know, with a lug wrench because I'm scared. I don't need to force them into a situation that they're not ready for. And in fact, in the past, we're thinking many of the times where I put that lug wrench on, it actually prevented them from seeing the kingdom of God.
I don't think it was a coincidence that Jesus was covering these two unexpected things in these, in these parables. Because both parables are about two unimpressive things and an unexpected outcome. Even though we can look at these things and look at them and go, well, yeah, bread rises. Well, yeah, mustard seed will grow. But when you, you take what God is trying to get us to look at, he's talking about the kingdom. He's not, it, it's like, okay, stop looking at the plant. You don't see the plant. But you see something new that God is pointing to. He's pointing to the kingdom. So what does it mean to have the seed of the kingdom planted in your heart? I think what it means is that God wants you to expect the unexpected in your own heart. That he wants you to know that there's going to be a harvest for your faith. That there's going to be something that is going to come through for you because you choose to honor God instead of honoring your fear or honoring your doubt or honoring your suffering or honoring your pain. God wants you to know that change is a part of his plan. And it's always going to be a part of his plan in the sense that it's going to change into what he wants it to be. His will, just like what we read at the very beginning of the quote from Sinclair, uh, his will done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the joy of what God is bringing. And in fact, when we think about the seed of God, we have to think about something else that was unexpected. How unexpected was a virgin being conceived by the Holy Spirit and giving birth to our Savior? And in fact, in Micah 5.2, we have a verse that says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet, yet, out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. So two things I want you to pay attention to into, into this one. The first one being Bethlehem. In Hebrew, it is Bethlehem, which simply means the house of bread. Secondly, here God is making a distinction in saying, Though you are little, though you are small, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. From insignificant to completely significant. Amen? So even though the leaven of sin works in our flesh, we have to understand that it is counteracted by the leaven of the Holy Spirit, working in our lives, gradually transforming us into the image of his Son. Romans 12, 12 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing, transforming the way that we think. And then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So when it comes to the seed, the soil, the water, 
God's provision. God has a unique plan. As we can see, we have C, but the interesting thing, and I found this in John 12, 24, Jesus was about to go to the cross, and he was talking about it with his disciples, and then he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. He was talking about himself going to the cross. Soil, what's the soil? Genesis, it says right there in the book of Genesis that we're made from the dust of the earth, amen? So the seed is being planted in, in us, amen? What's the water? The water is the Holy Spirit, amen? Or, I'm sorry, the water is us. It's us, right? Because in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, I planted and Apollos watered, but it was God who caused the growth, amen? So what is it? mean when it's us it's us ministering to one another encouraging one another praying with one another speaking into each other's lives and, and uh, encouraging each other to keep moving forward to keep having faith to keep trusting that the, the word of God is true that it's real and that it will bear fruit not just fruit but much fruit is what Jesus said we can count on it we can bank on it we can write the check and take it to Jesus right we know it. We know it works. But it's based on our faith. Because planting, yes, planting may be difficult. But look at the, the picture on the bottom right. You know what that is? Hopefully that is a, vi a vision of something we're going to see right here. That's Franklin Graham speaking to thousands. Okay, we just, you know, we've been... Focusing on this, I am Andrew. And maybe God wants us to begin to, to open our ears and open our eyes and say, this is the season. Pray for those on that wall. Seek them out. Invite people. Bring them. Because God is going to do something amazing. He's going to do some growth, church. He's going to build his church. He's the one who wants it to grow. Amen? He wants us to be relieved of, well, I don't know if they're going to listen to me. I don't know if they're going to come. I don't know. I don't know. God is saying, don't, that's not for you to care about. Just invite. I'll take care of whether they show up. I'll take care of whether they grow or not. I'll take care of whether they accept me or not. I just want you to be a part of this process. I want you to see the seed, the soil, and the water. That's us. That's what we choose to do. We choose to plant the seed. We choose to water each other. And then we actually choose to trust in God's provision or not. Either we choose to trust in the kingdom or not. So what does this mean to me, you might ask? Again, this is about letting God grow the kingdom in our lives until it eventually takes over everything. I love that picture that I found because that's really what growing is all about. It's about fruitfulness. It's about trusting that there is going to be a harvest. So as we close, the worship team can come on up. We're going to talk about Three realities and then three responses. The first reality 
See, these realities, church, they come when we see the beauty of God and his kingdom. And then we willingly surrender and honor these following three realities of the kingdom. This is a truth, church. The kingdom will bring an increase in the rule of Jesus Christ in our lives and on the earth. It starts with us. It starts with us making room. It starts with us opening the doorway of our heart to his dominion in us. Before it can get out here, it's first got to take place here. He has to become the ruler of our heart. His kingdom must take dominion here first. We can't be divided. As Armin shared last week, there's no dual passport holders in the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, let your heart be true. Let it be one. Make a choice. But church, the better choice is allowing God to do that growth. See, the enemy tries to get in and make it about us. He keeps pointing out our sin. He keeps pointing out our failures. He keeps pointing out our, our weaknesses. And he just does that over and over and over and over again until we choose to surrender these realities. So second reality, an increase in the blessings and advantages that flow from living under Christ's rule. You notice what is not said there? An increase in the curse if you don't. Because God does not want us focusing there. We already experience the curse every single day. Amen? It's not about that. It's about when we choose to honor God, we find that his kingdom becomes real in our lives. And of course, number three, an increase in the subjects of his kingdom. The church will grow. They will come in. We've had a prayer here. Open the doors and let them come in. Church, they're coming. The harvest is coming. And we can be a part of it. But it first starts with us. So the first thing I want to talk about are these three responses. Or the last thing, I'm sorry. And the first one is choosing our agenda over God's. See, these are the responses to the kingdom in your heart. The default position for every single human being on earth initially is to set up a personal kingdom where we're in control. Our choices, our destiny, it's all up to us. We make it happen, right? Unfortunately, that's God, our, our agenda over God's. Just like what Jared was praying or uh, sharing this morning. It's like, nope, God, I don't need this. I don't need you. I got this. That's the first response. Second response is adding God's agenda to ours. And unfortunately, this is the option that many of us Christians actually take. We have our own agenda, which then is simply altered. 
by God's desire in that we have incorporated some of God's heartfelt desires into our own. And then we add God's kingdom agenda to our own, or we ask God to bless our own agenda as we adopt bits and pieces of his. It's our agenda alongside God's. But it's that last one, church. And I want you to hear these words and hear them well. Because this is even for myself, I've really got to focus on these. And i got to say, God, I surrender. I surrender because I know you are good. I know you are right. I know you are just. And I know your word is true. So we must allow his agenda to replace our own. His heart is reflected in ours. His hopes and dreams for the world become ours. This is the fusion of God's heart and ours. This is what it means to be surrendered to the Spirit. We look to see where God is at work and what God wants to do. And we simply join him in fulfilling his mission. This is God's agenda becoming ours. So as we move into our prayer time, I just want to make this an opportunity for everybody. If we would just close our eyes. If you want to go ahead and start playing the last song. We thank you that your perfection, Lord God, is what you have given to us to live in and to walk in, Lord God. And I pray this morning that each one of us, Lord God, that we take advantage of your power in us and we allow you to take precedence over everything in our lives. Lord, I thank you for each person in this house today, Lord God. Bless them. Anoint them with your presence, Lord God. Let them experience you in new and fresh ways this week, Father God. As we step into our destinies and allow you to have all the room in each one of our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.